We have several who are visiting with us today, and we are grateful and thankful to have you uh, with us and let us extend every courtesy that we can to you, uh, that you come back at every opportunity that you have. Uh, let me join in with uh, Michael as he uh, welcomed you today. Let me say to you who are fathers, happy Father's Day. And let me say to you who are mothers, happy Father's Day. <laughs> you and I live in an interesting world. The world right now. The, the world that we live in right now says that we should be bickering and fighting and warring amongst ourselves. That's the world in which we live, especially if you have turned on a radio or a television or internet. We live in a world that has zero respect for each other. And the fear is that that mindset is infiltrating the church. And it's sneaky. Because he's good at what he does. If, if anything else, you have to give Satan some type of credit. He's really good at what he does. What he has found out is if he can make the church fight amongst herself, she doesn't work outside of the walls. And the best way to make us fight amongst ourselves is if we lose respect for each other. You know, we sing an old song in uh, Kids for Christ, and we sing it during Vacation Bible School, and the, the words of that song say, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Do you believe that? There are some who are shaking their heads, some who, are, who want to nod, and that's all right. I'm going to say we don't necessarily believe that. And the reason why I'm going to say that is due to, in my estimation, what will probably kill us as a nation. Lack of respect won't kill us as a nation. Probably be social media where lack of respect is rampant. If you do not come back tonight, you will miss at least half of this lesson. Come back tonight. And we're going to finish up this idea that we start this morning with respect. Are you sure you believe that? That song? After all, it's just a kid's song, right? You sure you believe it? Red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Why? For what reason? If you read over in Acts chapter number 17, where Paul writes there that we all, humanity all, is of, of one blood. What Paul is encouraging us to see is if we can ever get past the hue of our skin and get to the soul, now we've done something. Now we're starting to be the church. 
When we become more uh, concerned with souls that are dying every moment and are going into eternity lost, now we start to do something. Now we start to understand what the church is about. Does that picture make you uncomfortable? Where it says whites and colored? I hope so. I, I was born in 1976. I, I, I didn't know, I didn't grow up in the late 50s and early 60s when, when our nation was in such turmoil, but I know some guys who did. So this week I gave them a call. And I said, tell me about it. Tell me, tell me how it was. Was it, was it as bad seemingly as it is now? And they said, son, you don't have a clue. And I said, well, what made it, what made it stop? And they said, your, your question's wrong because who said it ever stopped? I said, then, well, then what can make it stop? And they said, Jesus. And that's the only answer for the question of uh, the turmoil of, of race in our society. The only answer to it is Jesus the Christ. We, we really should keep our past in the past. Quick show of hands. How many wants to go back? Yeah, let me put mine down too. Nobody wants to. But our society seems to be headed that way. And the question is, will our society influence the church? Or will the church influence our society. Today we're going to notice three things. One, Jesus the Christ. Two, the commands. And three, a little bit of common sense. It'll go a long way. Let's start with Christ. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, especially in verse number 18, Jesus says this about himself. All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You don't have to go any further. Do you believe the words of Jesus Christ? That, that all authority was given him. Not, not some, not 98%, not 99.9%, but all of it. Shake or nod, do you believe that? Good. As you and I look in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, we see how God speak, uh, has spoken to man throughout history. First he spoke to the fathers, then he spoke through the prophets in the Old Testament. Today in chapter 2 or chapter 1 and verse 2, he speaks unto us by Jesus the Christ, you know, that one who has all authority. In John chapter 17, in verse 17, Jesus said that the words of God are truth. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17, we are to do all things by the authority of Jesus the Christ. John chapter 14 and verse number 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. I have given you all things that pertain unto life and to godliness. Now stop right there on that one. I want you to understand what that phrase means. I've given you all things of how to live right here on earth properly and how to live with me eternally 
properly. Now, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Let's apply that idea. Do you believe Jesus is the Christ? You'll either believe he's the king or he won't. You'll either follow his way or, or you won't. Now, I, here, here's something I want you to do right now. I want you to choose right now. I want you to decide right now, if you have not in your life, I want you to decide right now that Jesus the Christ will be the authority in your life. Now, as a group of folks and as we're just talking to each other, is Jesus the authority? Shake or nod. Good. With that point well established, the rest of this sermon will be real easy. As the king, as the one with all authority, he has some commands. And in our relationship today, and as we look at, at how we're to treat each other with respect, we need to see what the commands are. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 26, as God is speaking amongst himself, he says, let us make man in our image. Image of God's an interesting idea. As you and I read about the image of God in, in the Bible, we read something uh, literary scholars have called anthropomorphic value. That's a good word right there. You can write that down. Impress your friends with it tomorrow. You know what it means? It means exactly what John 4, 24 says, that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And you say, how does that go together? Well, it goes together like this. When the Bible assigns God anthropomorphic value, we see him with a shoulder and with ears and fingers. Spirit doesn't have that. We're assigned, the, or we assign those ideas uh, literarily so we will understand him better. We understand his heart and we understand how we give each other that shoulder to cry on and how we, we extend those courtesies one to another. And so we understand more about the makeup of God as we understand him a little bit as we are. Let us make man in our images, which means I look exactly like God and you don't, right? Hmm. Means God's a boy, right? Not girls, so girls can't be... There's a part of you. There is a part of you that will live forever. Where is up to you? James chapter 3, verses 10 through, or rather 8 through 10, teach us about the eternal nature that God had for the church. This uh, plan that he established through Jesus the Christ was made manifest in the church and that those angels would look down through the historicity of man and say, what are you, what are you doing there? What oh, the goodness and the love and the righteousness of God was made manifest through the church. Turn over, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 24. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 24. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. 
was a building much like this one, uh, with a baptistry probably a lot like that one, where I was immersed into Christ. My hair color didn't change. My eye color didn't change. My weight, my height, my skin color, my marital status, which would have been zero at that point, didn't change. What is this new man? I didn't, I didn't come out of the grave as a, a new man, did I? If you didn't, we need to talk. If you didn't come out as a new man, you and I need to have a discussion about what baptism is. It has nothing to do with the physical body. Nothing. It has everything to do with the man that counts. Sometimes we gather in buildings like this. Very somber occasions. There'll be a box right down here in the front. And perhaps the occasion that we gather here is the passing of our loved one. We look inside that box and we have fond memories of that person and we think he or she looks so good. You're just looking at a body that held the man or the woman who is now in eternity. We are so caught up on what the envelope looks like, we, we refuse to look inside it and see who people are. <laughs> and we do that because we listen to what they say. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, there is a thesis there, uh, a debate, if you will. Paul writes in the entire book. And he's writing that book to help those who are being influenced by Judaizing teachers to understand that there's always only been one plan for God, or of God for man to redeem them back to God. And he says in verse 27, don't you know that whoever put on, or who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ? And in verse 28 he says, there's, there's Jew, there's no Jew or Gentile. There's no bond or free. There's no male or female. Everybody's just one. And Jesus stopped right there. Sometimes that verse is taken away from us and we say, well, boys and girls can do the same thing. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What Paul is saying is there's no plan of salvation for the Jews that are that's different from the Gentile, that's for the, the bond, that's different from the free, that, that's for the male, that's different from the female. You know what you have to do to, to be baptized into Christ? The same thing I had to do, the same thing Paul the Apostle had to do. And we read in verse number 29, for all those who are Christ's seed are Abraham's seed and heir to the promise. But that's only for white people. Come on. You're kidding me. There's no way. No way that statement is in there. And no way God, the God of heaven and earth, has ever made that statement. 
Look in Galatians chapter 2, verses 11, 12, and 13. There's a problem that's happening in Galatians chapter 2. You have Peter over here who is eating with Gentiles. Bless his heart. He doesn't know what he's doing, does he? <laughs> yeah, until uh, those other Jewish people come up and then he sort of pushes the Gentile away and, and only eats with the Jew. And, and this was so bad that Paul had to withstand him to the face because he was wrong, number one. And number two, it was so bad that it pulled Barnabas away with it. Barnabas, the, the son of consolation, the one who was concerned about people and how they live and what he could do for them, was pulled away with that mess. Why? Because Peter was influential. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 10, you and I will find out that Peter had a race problem. He had to be convinced three times in Acts chapter 10 that Gentiles were worthy of, of uh, baptism. And in Acts chapter 15, they had a big old meeting in Jerusalem that says, Can we baptize Gentiles? Listen, everybody in this room better be glad the answer to that is yes. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's not much different today. What if you went to Jerusalem and you were walking around the streets and you saw uh, the, the Gentile congregation and the Jewish congregation? What would you think about that? They say, well, they're, they're not together, are they? Somebody want to explain to me why we have black congregations and white congregations? Somebody want to explain the, the, the foolish idea that there is black heaven and white heaven? And We're being influenced by the world to divide. over silliness. We're being influenced to divide over the color of our skin. Today, Father's Day 2020. Today, we're going to... Um, we're going to make a new rule for the, for the congregation. I'm going to do this without the elders even saying it. This is just an example. We're going to hate people with blue eyes. And we're not going to treat you the same way if you have blue eyes. And, and you're going to be seen as inferior if you have blue eyes. And you think, preacher, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, but when you put it out on skin, it makes sense, right? No. And when the first century dealt with it, they dealt with emotions also. Can you imagine Paul withstanding Peter to the face and there not being any emotion there? Mm-hmm. That's not how that works. We've seen Jesus is the Christ and He is the authority in our life and we, we see the commands, so what's next? How about just a little bit of common sense? Turn over to Romans chapter 12. 
if you will, for me. Romans chapter 12. Just a little bit of common sense will do us uh, very good. I beseech you, brethren, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given among you, that every man ought, to, uh, ought not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Just stop right there a minute and look at verse number 1. He's speaking to the church, those who have put on Christ, those who are living a certain way, those who should be living holy and acceptable lives before God, those who have been cleansed from their sin. He says to them, you're going to have to do something that is logical. When you put on Christ in baptism, the logical step of progression, that's the word reasonable in the King James Version, the, word, the, the logical progressive step there is to start living like Christ. I'm going to have him redeem me from my sin, but I don't want to have anything to do with him. And you don't want him to redeem you from your sin. You can't have the, the redemption of sin without taking on the burden of slavery to Jesus the Christ. And so that's logical in it as it follows itself. Notice verse number 2. You and I, after we perform that logical service, are supposed to transform rather than conform. You're not supposed to be molded after the world. I'm not supposed to be molded after the world. I'm not supposed to be a carbon copy of what is going on outside of these walls. I'm supposed to transform. I'm supposed to be something different. I'm supposed to change. But have I? Just because I'm supposed to does not necessarily mean that I have. Look at verse 3. Brethren, we have a problem in the United States of America. And that problem is that most of us think more highly of ourselves than we should. Verse number 3. Am I more valuable than you? No. Turn that coin over. Are you more valuable than me? No. The same sacrifice bought us both. Both of us are valuable to God. And we need to understand those things or else it's going to be a long eternity when we hear those words, why, you didn't even follow after Christ. You want to see race relations in its, in its entirety? You look at John chapter 4. Where Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. For what? <laughs> Talk to a Gentile woman. Whew. A Jewish man with the clout that he has and followers talking to a Gentile woman? Shh. Not then. And yet he did it. You know why he did that, by the way? Because he didn't see a Gentile woman. What he saw was a lost soul. That's what he saw. 
Back home, there's a radio program in the morning time, and one of the hosts of that radio program makes this statement uh, constantly, probably throughout that particular radio program, and he says, common sense has become a superpower. <laughs> That's right. And a lot of times, we don't act like we're superheroes, do we? Uh, let me ask you this question. Is Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12, is still in there? Does God still command his children to treat each other like I want to be treated? Is that still there? You see, I push that aside and, and throw it off to the other side when I decide that I want to be heard or I want to be right or I want to get somebody told, then, then I happen to throw common sense right out the window. Right behind it, love and respect. As if they are tethered together. Let me ask you a question. If the church gets caught up in the climate of today with, with race and emotion simply driving the bus, how do I expect the world to do any better? Look right here, brethren. Look, look right here in my face. I want to ask you a question. Did God tell us to be salt to this world? Shake or not? Yes. If salt has lost its savor, what's it good for? If the church ain't the church, what's it good for? What are we doing? Why do we not have respect for each other anymore? And if I'm not different from the world, how can I teach them? How's it possible? If I'm not different from the world and I can't teach them, what they see is somebody playing church, wasting three hours on a Sunday and one hour on a Wednesday just to soothe their conscience. Are you here putting salve on your conscience? Or are you here serving the Lord? Turn over, if you will, to 1 John chapter 4. First John chapter 4. John will write this. We love him, we love God, because he loved us first. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother. Now, if you write in your Bible, I want you to underline this statement. From the lips or from the, the inspiration of God. God would say, if you say, I love God and I hate my brother, you're a liar. For he that loveth not his brother who he's seen, how in the world can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have had from him, that he who loveth God, loveth his brother also. And you might ask, why then did we start with James chapter 3? How in the world can we sing, I love God and I hate this person or that person out of the same mouth? How's that possible? It's not. We're too caught up in color. And we're not caught up enough in lost. Red and yellow, black and white. Hmm. 
You sure about that? Are you positive? It's very likely It's very likely that Jesus Christ was shorter than I am. The average height of that day was about five, 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 six. It's very likely that Jesus Christ was a lot darker than I am. Middle Eastern descent. Growing up in that environment and living that environment. I would assume that he kept a suntan a long time, probably 363 days out of the year. There might be two days where there are clouds. And I would accept his blood to save me from my sin and at the same time in the climate in which we live not have anything to do with him. You tell me how that's right. Red and yellow, black and white. Jesus the Christ died for all of us. The equalizing factor of race is Jesus. And that's the only thing that will ever equalize it. Because you're as valuable as I am. And I'm as valuable as you are. And the only value we have is because God sent his son to die for us. And until we start acting like it, they're never going to know. Let me beg you. When you are baited into saying something, Remember the words of Thumper's mother. That's right, from Disney. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Sometimes the right message in the wrong way drives people away. My goal is to bring them in. And if your goal is to drive them away, then you're killing me. For if you love me, stop. You know that blood that was shed on that cross was shed for all of us? And if you haven't accessed it, today is the day of salvation while tomorrow may be too late. Through repentance, confession, and baptism, you can be added to the church for which Jesus Christ died this morning. And brother or sister, if you've been baptized into Christ but you haven't been living it, whether that be in the physical world or the the, uh, the internet world or, or the world of this, the world of that, it's time to come back home. You might not realize how far off you are. Come back home. Right now, while we stand and sing for your encouragement. I am resolved now.